BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagle. If drinking red wine gives you a headache, you've probably had someone tell you that sulfites are the likely culprit. And perhaps you've been advised to stick to white wine or organic wines or wines made in Europe on the grounds that these are going to be lower in sulfites. Well, today we're going to clear up some of the most common myths and misunderstandings about wine, sulfites, and headaches. First, just a little background. Sulfur dioxide is a chemical compound made up of sulfur and oxygen. It occurs naturally in some foods, but it can also be produced in a laboratory. Sulfite is used to preserve foods and beverages, which it does by acting as an antioxidant and an antimicrobial, an antibacterial agent. They're commonly used to preserve the color and the texture of dried fruits. Sulfite has also been used in winemaking for thousands of years, ever since the ancient Romans discovered that it would keep their wine from turning into vinegar. To this day, winemakers use sulfur dioxide or sulfites to preserve the flavor and the freshness of wine. Now, sulfites don't cause problems for the vast majority of people, but about one in every hundred people is sensitive or allergic to them. And if you have asthma, your chances of sulfite sensitivity are quite a bit higher, about 1 in 10. The most common reaction to sulfites is something similar to an asthma attack. Well, actually, the most common reaction to sulfites is no reaction at all. But for those who are sensitive to them, consuming sulfites can cause breathing difficulties and less commonly hives or other allergy-like symptoms. These reactions can range from so mild you might not even notice them to quite severe. However, headaches are not one of the symptoms associated with sulfite sensitivity. Now, people who are sensitive to sulfites are well advised to steer clear of wine because it does contain sulfites. But there are a ton of misunderstandings and myths about sulfites in wine. So let's see if we can clear some of these up. Myth number one is that organic or biodynamic wines are sulfite-free. Almost all vintners add sulfites to wine to control bacterial growth. In the U.S., wines that are certified organic must not contain any added sulfites. However, sulfites are produced naturally during the fermentation process as a byproduct of yeast metabolism. In fact, all wines contain sulfites. There's really no such thing as sulfite-free wine. But the amount of sulfites can vary significantly. By law, wines that contain more than 10 parts per million sulfite must be labeled with the words contains sulfites. 
And there are also upper limits to how much sulfite a wine can contain, but the regulations vary by region. In the European Union, wine can contain up to 210 parts per million sulfites. In the U.S., the upper limit is 350 parts per million. Even though no sulfites are added to organic wine, organic wine can still contain between 10 and 40 parts per million sulfites. You may also see wines labeled as being made from organic grapes, which is not the same thing as organic wine. Wine made from organic grapes may contain up to 100 parts per million sulfites. And here's a quick tip for you. If you do get a hold of some wine that is made without added sulfites, I don't suggest keeping it in the cellar for very long. Wine made without sulfites, especially white wine, is much more prone to oxidation and spoilage. And that leads us to myth number two, which is that red wine is higher in sulfites from white wine. Ironically, the exact opposite is likely to be true. Red wines tend to be higher in tannins than white wines. Tannins are polyphenols that are found in the skins, the seeds, and the stems of the grapes. And they also act as antioxidants and preservatives. So less sulfite is needed when they are incorporated into the wine. In fact, While those European regulations allow up to 210 parts per million sulfites in white wine, the limit for red wine is only 160 parts per million. Other factors that affect how much sulfite is needed are the residual sugar in the wine and the acidity of the wine. So drier wines with more acid will tend to be lower in sulfites. Sweet wines and dessert wines, on the other hand, tend to be quite high in sulfites. So let's now tackle myth number three, which is that sulfites in wine cause headaches. The so-called red wine headache is definitely a real thing, but it's probably not due to sulfites. For one thing, white wine is higher in sulfites than red wine, but less likely to cause a headache. While something in red wine does seem to cause headaches in certain people, it's probably not the sulfites, because if it were, white wine would be just as bad or worse. And that suggests that it's probably something else in red wine that's responsible for that notorious red wine headache. And other likely candidates include histamines, tyramine, tannins, not to mention the alcohol itself. And in the transcript of today's show, which is at quickanddirtytips.com, I've got links to some episodes that I've done in the past on histamine intolerance, as well as foods and food components that can contribute to headaches. And our final myth, number four, is that European wines are lower in sulfites than U.S.-produced wines. Wines sold in the U.S. and Australia carry warnings about sulfites. And up until recently, wines sold in Europe did not. And that led many consumers to conclude that European wines are made without sulfites. In fact, European wines, on average, have the same sulfite levels as American wines. This was just a difference in the labeling regulations. In both Europe and America, the average glass of wine contains about 10 milligrams of sulfites. That's about the same as in a handful of dried apricots. And here's an interesting piece of trivia. Your own cells produce about 100 times that much just in the course of their normal metabolic activities. Even if you have a sulfite sensitivity, however, the sulfites produced in your own cells will not trigger a reaction. But if you are sensitive to sulfites, you're also going to want to steer clear of soda, candy, prepared soups, frozen juices, 
processed meats, potato chips, French fries, and dried fruit, all of which contain a much higher concentration of sulfites than wine. And if you're very, very sensitive, you might also need to avoid foods like shrimp, maple syrup, and mushrooms, which have only moderate amounts of sulfites. New regulations have made it a little bit easier to avoid sulfites in foods. For example, restaurants used to treat the raw vegetables in salad bars with sulfites to keep them looking fresh, and there'd be nothing to warn sulfite-sensitive diners. And, you know, servers, if asked, were not always reliable sources of information. But now, restaurants and grocery stores can no longer add sulfites to fresh foods. Packaged foods that contain sulfites above a certain low threshold must include that information on the label. However, if you don't have a sensitivity, there doesn't seem to be much reason to worry about sulfites in foods or wines. According to the FDA, sulfites are not teratogenic, mutagenic, or carcinogenic, and that means they don't cause cancer or birth defects. If you're not allergic or sensitive to them, they're unlikely to do you any harm. So if you like your dried apricots soft and orange instead of stiff and brown, you can go for it. And if you get a headache after drinking red wine, don't go blaming those sulfites. We're about to kick off a new year. And if eating healthier is on your list of resolutions for 2021, I want to invite you to join me and other Nutrition Diva listeners for a special New Year's edition of my popular 30-day nutrition upgrade program. This is not a diet or a cleanse. It's a fun and flexible group challenge that can help you change your eating habits for the better, but also for good. We're starting on January 3rd, and you can get more details and sign up at nutritionovereasy.com slash upgrade. And as a Nutrition Diva listener, you can save 20% on your registration. Just enter the promo code DIVA. I hope to see you on the 3rd, and I wish you a happy and healthy new year. The Nutrition Diva show is written by me, Monica Reinagle. It's edited by Karen Hertzberg, produced by Nathan Sems. And our team at McMillan Audio also includes Morgan Ratner, Michelle Margulis, Emily Miller, and our director, Kathy Doyle. Thanks so much for joining me. Have a great week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.